Welcome. Your journey starts with improving every aspect of your life. Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast is about discovering your true potential, overcoming your fears, and fighting life like the brave warrior that you are. Be sure to hit the like, comment, and follow button. Your host, Miss V, the Core of Life coach, has over 20 years of military and personal life experiences transforming lives from a caterpillar to a butterfly and bringing on the top influencers, successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and more who are rock stars in life, business, and relationships. On days when everything seems overwhelming, someone must remind you that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And with rain comes rainbows. What seems difficult to swallow today is exactly where you'll derive your strength from on the days to come. You are greater than your fears and braver than you seem. Miss V, the core life coach, shares how the hurdles of today will build your tomorrow if you take the right road. Your brighter future demands that you can step up now and change the game for yourself. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 16 of Let's Talk Positionally Room for Dessert podcast. I am Miss B, your host, and I am the Core Life Coach. We are excited to announce that our podcast is now streaming on over 100 platforms, including Apple Podcasts. Amazon Music, Player FM, Our Heart Radio, and many more. Today, we have a truly extraordinary guest joining us for an incredible episode. I've had the privilege of knowing this individual for seven years, and I can assure you that this conversation will be nothing short of amazing. Please give a warm welcome to Cedric Legacy City, Bellamy. Hey, hey, what's up, what's up, world? How y'all doing? How you doing? Miss V, thanks for having me. You're welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to go into your bio, Cedric. Cedric okay. is the visionary CEO and founder of Street Legion Productions, LLC, Street Legion Nation Radio, Street Legion Nation TV, and I am the Change Nonprofit Organization. Cedric provides a platform for individual artists to make a significant impact in the industry. He is also the marketing chair with Put Away Cancer, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting cancer patients. Cedric Legacy City Bellamy is a true force to be reckoned with in the music industry as an executive producer and artist with multiple platform records he has made an indelible mark his exceptional talent for his lyrics and his passion for battling rap have paved the way for his extraordinary career with seven officially released albums and an extensive collection of songs legacy city has firmly established himself as a prominent figure in the music scene. His latest single, Perfect Timing, is a testament 
to his continued growth and limitless creativity, captivating listeners on all streaming platforms. However, Cedric Bellamy's impact extends far beyond his musical achievements, having experienced homelessness as an Army veteran. He has transformed his struggles into a driving force for positive change. Legacy City's success as an executive producer is unparalleled, earning him six platinum certifications for the Recording Industry Association of America, RIAA, and two platinum albums of his own. His talent has also been recognized on the iTunes Top 100 Hip Hop Charts, where he has charted an impressive four times. Cedric Legacy City Bellamy's journey is a testament to his unwavering determination, resilience, and love for music. Through his artistry, production prose, and philanthropic endeavors, he continues to inspire and uplift others in the industry, leaving a lasting legacy that will withstand the test of time. We extend our heartfelt Gratitude to Cedric Legacy Bellamy for joining us today. I am so happy you are here, Cedric. Now yes, what we're going to do is, do- yes, yes, I'm excited. Let's delve into the thought-provoking questions that await us. Cedric, can you share the story of your remarkable journey in the music industry and how it all began? Well, it started, you know how it goes, your dreams are bigger than your pocket, especially as a child. <laughs> so I remember started recording music on a karaoke machine with a bunch of tapes. You remember you had to put the tissue on the tape to record back in front to my age, but <laughs> but yeah. so but my my goal was to eventually have my own and do it on my own without, you know, the demonic forces and the, the persuasions, you gotta do this, you gotta do that and coming up. So the best way I would I was able to reach that goal was <coughs> excuse me to join the military after high school and while I was in the military as eleven Bravo I couldn't focus on doing music like I wanted to because I joined during the the invasion all the way up to the closing of uh, Iraq and Afghanistan so I was always gone but what I did was take that time to read learn. Mm. Learn algorithm. So I learned the proper tools to sharpen when it's time to step on my own. I was able to apply those tools and become successful. It didn't happen overnight. There was a lot of sacrifices, a lot of lessons learned in a way, shortcomings, you know, in the mix of it. But when you're chasing your dreams, you also run into nightmares. And what people fail to realize, a nightmare is a dream too. So you mm. still gotta you still gotta be resilient to enough to handle that situation and staying grounded to achieve what you want to achieve. And the biggest thing was not to compromise because sometimes it's not going to be cool to be the person doing the right thing when it's a trend. It's not going to be cool to be yourself when everybody is masked up. So, you know, those different things and stand true to my core and my, my moral compass is, is a, it plays a major role into the success of going and being an impactful force in the music industry 
especially as an independent artist, as an independent entity as a whole. Oh, wow. That's powerful. What ignited your passion to become a multi-platinum executive producer and artist? What, what, what fueled me was, you know, the impossible is always impossible until you make it possible. Mm. I'm going to say that again. The impossible is always impossible until you make it possible. So mm. it's just like, I know I don't have the money like everybody else. And a lot of the people that have the money don't have the knowledge. So mm. I don't think about right time, right now success. I think about later on success because the result of yesterday, I mean, the actions from yesterday is the result of today. So I moved in that direction. So like I said, those years of learning, those years of understanding financial literacy, those mm. years of investing in myself came when the opportunity arrived. So when it came, it was able to put A here, B here, C there, and make a straight line without wavering in between and standing focusing on that goal. And the fact that, you know, they say, you've been in the military, you know how it go. They're like, well, after you get out of the military, the world is hard as if you can't have faith in your own plan. And my thing was, I didn't make y'all successful so, so many years. I didn't have to be resilient for you guys for so many years. Why well, I can't gamble on myself. So right. that's at the end of the, so that's what that, that lit the desire to me to and be and I hate it's petty, but it's like aha, I did it when you say I couldn't. So you know what I'm saying? And so yeah, now, I get- just from so you know what I'm saying, so with that being said, that's that's at night and then from there, not just me, but when you when you a trailblazer, you're gonna always smell like smoke. So with that being said, I failure was not an option. Awesome. Very, very motivational. How did your experience as a battle rapper shape and influence your career in music? Oh, so funny story. I started off writing poetry. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I used to write poetry and stuff of that nature, just audiology. But then my brother, my older brother, Jarrell Harris, just, you know, who practiced at home, he'd be playing at home a lot. And so one day in Columbus, Georgia, we had this big block party. And so he was being, he was being a big brother, you know, trying to be condescending a little bit, trying to nitpick. And he gave, he snatched the microphone on somebody. And there was another guy on the side of the, over there who raps, raps. And he was like, he gave me the microphone like the little brother. He's like, all right, what's up then? You ain't at home. You ain't at home. Now nah, you out here. And boy, I don't know if I had aggression or what, but I set the city on fire that night. And the reaction from the <laughs> the reaction from that crowd, I couldn't be no more than like 13, 14. I think I was, you know what I'm saying? So I set the city on fire and the people reacting to the punchlines, the words, the metaphors, the delivery. And it, it was just like, it was like a drug. I was like, oh, I can use these words and these sentences to really get people to feel a certain way and to move people. So I started studying and started reading more to expand my vocab. Mm-hmm. And so that battle rap helped me by, okay, work on your delivery, rap about this, make this into this, read this book, read that book, do this. So it all came into play. So even when it, I write my music, I write for others, I always use that essential thing of delivery and packaging my presentation because I read a lot. I study mm-hmm. a lot. So when it comes to writing, the impact when it's hit, that, oh, whoa, that's always like, ah, mission successful. <laughs> Awesome. Well said. Can you enlighten us about the inspiration behind your latest single, Perfect Timing? 
Well, perfect timing because God's timing is not our timing. So for years, I felt like I was, I was ready. I was great, but I wasn't ready for my greatness. I was, and I would have got it when I thought I deserved it. I would have handled it prematurely. So when I gave up on myself and when I was at my lowest, the doors opened up. You got to keep in mind, like, um, I'm, I'm doing shows and go sleeping in my car at the end of the night. For years, I'm changed. So when, um, right in perfect timing, everything just lined up on God's timing and all the stuff, and I had nothing to do with it. I was just prepared prepping and it was just perfect timing uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's just like so you can't lean out on your own understanding so and that's what that's pretty much about when you think that you should you deserve it right here you deserve it then god say no because you know a lot of times we miss our blessing because we're trying to share it with everybody else when it's really custom made for you and once mm-hmm. god did away with all the snakes and all the judases around me i was able to flourish and he separated me from peacocks. A peacock flocked his colors because they can't fly. So everything mm-hmm. was perfect timing. Awesome. What sets your music apart from other artists in the industry? Uh, my music, the reason why my, my music is set apart because I deal with PTSD. I deal with depression. I deal with mental health issues. I deal with these things in my music. I address the, the, my music and the, I use my platform to address these things in our music. I talk mm-hmm. about therapy. I talk, I talk about the things that are taboo in the black community that people don't mm-hmm. rap about. I talk about it's not normal for your uncle to be touching you or it's not normal for the preacher to be doing this and doing that. So these are the things I talk about in my music and I make music for the everyday man. Everybody mm-hmm. ain't buying Rolls Royces. Everybody ain't buying necklaces. Everybody ain't selling drugs. Everybody ain't on the block womanizing. So I make music that's authentic, that's real, that's like I felt that. You know, mm-hmm. I give you that mood, that, that music in the moment. So that's why, like, the movement is deeper. The, the movement is deeper than the music to leave that impact. So I don't, so that's why my audience, they love the, the stuff I talk about. It's uncomfortable to a lot of people because it reminds them of them unhealed and soul ties and demonic things that were placed mm-hmm. in your, child, your life as a child. I address those things on a bigger platform, and people are scared of that. Yes, I agree. How do you successfully balance your roles as an artist, executive producer, and CEO and founder of Street Legion Productions, LLC? How do you balance all of that? Well, so... So as an artist, I have a certain time that I do my music. Okay. It's a three-month time frame, whether it's at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year. But it's a it's a 90-day cycle. But hmm. for the other 11 months, I mean, uh, well, let's see, the other eight, whatever my math is off, but 11 months or whatever it may be, the rest of the year, I'm focused on the artist. Each artist drops uh, a drop of album into a cycle. So each artist has their own cycle, and I'm focused on that, that artist cycle until the end of the year. And then at the end of the year, when all the artists are on tour, they're doing shows and stuff of that nature, I focus on myself as an artist. So, But me as an artist, it's not the typical artist. I don't do shows a lot. I do my stuff more or less for community 
building. When I get my money from my music, I go build a studio in the community centers. I go build a podcast in the community centers. I give the youth the opportunity so they don't have to go sell drugs or having sex early and doing all this stuff just because they lack opportunity. So as a CEO, I'm a CEO for like, you know, a good nine months out of the year. And then the last three months, I'm focusing on myself as an artist. So that's how I keep everything balanced. So that way I'm able to give every person the attention, promotion, mm -hmm. and love on their project throughout the year. Awesome. That's powerful. It's motivating. It's also in encouraging others. I hope you guys are listening. Can you share a memorable moment from your illustrious career in the music industry? Give us one memorable moment. I remember, um, so this, I, I'm not going to call this artist's name out because I don't want to be name dropping and stuff, but this well-known rap artist came to my studio. <laughs> and he's been in the industry. He's sold records and everything. Mm -hmm. and he walked in my studio and saw my plaques on the wall. He said, I've been working all these years in the music industry, and I never got a plaque for nothing. Mm. I, and I was like, what? And he's with some, he, he, some, some of the people he was signed to, they in trouble now. And I just said, they all over the news right now. And he never mm. saw, he never saw plaques, don't know how his music was going. Don't know how many sales he had. And it just confirmed to me that the road that I took was worth it. For a well-known artist who's been all over TV, doing tour, and stuff of that nature, don't got half of what I have. Mm. And I was just like, whoa. So can't nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> you sit next to the man and don't know when, next, when stuff's going to happen for you. I know exactly when everything what time, what day, how much, how many pennies, what's what, going to come back around into my pot. So that was one of the best feelings in the world. Absolutely. How do you utilize your platform to support and uplift independent artists? So I use my platform because I take the artists, I show the artists how much I care. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So I show mm. the artists that I care. How do I show them how I care, that I care? I make them sit down and do their paperwork right. Make sure your paperwork is right. Make sure that your performance right organization is done right. Make sure your, your UPC codes, ISRC codes are done right. Make sure you take this much money and invest in yourself and show yourself self-love. So that way you can be proud of something that you put your blood, sweat, and tears in. So I take that time, and that's how I use my platform for the artistry part. And then I use my platform to go around in the, within a city in my community to teach other artists and teach other parents who want to be managers for their child and stuff mm -hmm. of that nature the same thing. So that way they got they know what to look for and how to handle business without being ignorant to the limelight and the fame. Because after you turn off the lights, after the crowd stops screaming, after your record player you no more, guess what's going to be there? bills and you still got to have residual income to take care of those things absolutely you know that's that's i i'm i'm so glad to have known you and uh we've we've shared some trauma in in our lives but i am really so proud to hear the growth in you the the way that you're really taking care of your artists you don't hear about uh individuals that want to take the time out to make sure an artist 
is set up for success. So I really commend you on that, Cedric. Now, Thank I'm going to go into another question. What advice do you have for aspiring artists who are striving to make a difference? Love or- yourself. Oh, okay. I will. So I would tell an artist, love yourself enough to not disrespect your value. Love mm-hmm. yourself enough not to disrespect your value. If you see if somebody offering you this much money, then that means you you are worth more than that because what I have learned, most people are gonna try to get you at a low price to make double the money off you. So I say love yourself enough not to disrespect your value because the same money they offering you, you can invest the minimum of that money within yourself and catch up and make ten times more of that money than they offer you. Because there's no middleman. There's nobody putting their hands in your pocket. You have control of everything. So my thing with investing yourself, don't compromise yourself. Mm-hmm. And like I said, love yourself not to disrespect your value. And the most important thing, learn how to read these contracts. Learn how to utilize the tools around you. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times people have all these tools and don't know how to use nothing. You're just a decoration. You're just a decorated tool house. So what you need to do is learn the tools and the platforms that work in your favor instead of somebody handing you something and controlling when you, when, when you make music, how you make music, what you say in your music. Love yourself enough not to disrespect your value. I love that. I love that. Let's switch gears here, Cedric. Can you shed okay. light on your nonprofit organization, I Am The Change, and the profound impact it has made? So I Am The Change is a, a, a my nonprofit pro, uh, program for what they call us inner city kids. So during this, during this um, I Am The Change, we do things to inspire our youth because adults are stuck in their ways. So we try to get the youth from eighth grade all the way up to their senior year to be involved in the arts, whether it's podcasting, podcast production, filming, filming production, soundtracking, recording music, all this good stuff, culinary arts painting, art. So what we do, we give them an opportunity to come. We have a six-week program, and at the end of the six weeks, we do a Grammy graduation that everybody that finished our course through I Am The Change, they get, they are awarded a Grammy. And so on top of that, on top of that, we also do things for after-school programs for the kids as well, containing, we're maintaining into the arts and different things of that nature. Because statistics show that a child that is a part of something is less likely to be an offender or a repeat offender if given mm-hmm. the right opportunity. So the whole goal of I Am The Change is to change the environment and change the situation around us by impacting our kids. You got grandmothers and mothers that are burying their children when they ain't even 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So we have to come in. We have to come in and talk their language, not compromise who we are, but mm-hmm. understand the language that they speak and give them those opportunities to address those situations. So I Am The Change is the voice for the voiceless. Mm, I love it. I love it. What challenges have you encountered as an artist, and how have you overcome them? The challenge I have faced as an artist, you know, you get the typical rumors, your numbers ain't fake, you're doing this. Um, you bought this, you bought that. 
And how I overcome it, I buy more of it because of the fact that I'm not scared to gamble on me. While you're waiting for the big record labels to sign you and doing this, I'm going to go make an impact and go make the hole for myself. And once I kick the door in, I may kick the door in because I'm going to come back and buy the building. I just want you to know. So everybody mm. that didn't lock doors on me, just okay, lock the doors. But this is the next building that I'm coming to buy. And I'm putting everybody out and bringing us in there. So that's how I just overcome it. I don't get, I don't get mad. I get even. I don't react. I retract. So it's just simple as that. I don't have the time to be going back and bickering. The thing about it, I understand now at this age, your talent versus my anointing is no competition. I don't have to fight or prove anything because I live it, I walk it, I breathe it, I talk it, and I always come out with the results. Hmm. I love that, love that. Can you share an intriguing behind-the-scenes stories from one of your platinum-certified albums? So uh, the first time that I'm um, this artist, Devin James, hit a million, we was, um, was screaming like kids. And so that's the first time we hit the million. We were screaming like kids, right? Because we did it on our own, with our own money, with our uh, we, with our own stuff, right? So we didn't, we wasn't on the big radio stations or nothing. It was just like screaming like kids. But eight weeks later, I'm gonna forget it. I was in my studio, the studio that um, you filmed your commercial at the time. I was in that studio, and the plaques came to the, the studio, and we did a podcast. And the moment I loved to death, my daughter was there with me. And so we screaming at the plaques, dancing around. She's celebrating. She don't know why she's screaming. She just screaming because we screaming. So when we took the picture, I held a plaque up, and uh, she gave me a kiss on my cheek. And then she asked me for my tablet and, and went on her way. So after the celebration, she wanted to watch Elmo. So my plaque didn't mean anything. <laughs> but right. it was the, the baby to share that moment with my daughter. And have mm-hmm. her there, and she was, you know, she she was seven, six, probably like five at the time when it happened. It was a a beautiful feeling, and it just confirmed that like I'm on the right track, and she's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Her and Maya and my other baby. So, but it was Melanie that was with me at the time when it happened. Oh wow! How do you maintain motivation and inspiration throughout your creative process? Um, while well, I'm a creative, I'm always walking around here. Most people think I'm talking to myself, but I'm probably reciting some words. I'm going to put in a long song or something. But what keeps me motivated is when I see a person going through depression or I see a person that feels like they're a lost cause, is be able to look down and pick them up. And don't make a scene. I'm not on Facebook with it. I'm not on mm-hmm. this. And we just work the process of cleaning, cleaning oneself up. Clean, cleansing your spirit, cleansing your emotion, getting your mental right, getting you back. So the creative juices are strong. When you get around other creatives, it just flows constantly. And then I'm always reinventing my mind. I'm always reinventing my emotions. And I'm always looking for the next task. I aim so high, even when I fail, it still looks successful. Because I'm not afraid to aim for the moon. Because when you aim for the moon, at least you're going to hit a star or you're going to fall on one. So there ain't no failure in between that. And that's what keep my creative juices and my motivation going. And plus my girls, they keep me, they keep me on 10 because I got to make sure, even after this life, that they are taken care of. Awesome, awesome, awesome. What message 
do you hope listeners take away from your music? The message that I hope listeners take away from my music that you are not alone. You are not alone. What I mean by you're not alone, when you're dealing, and I'm talking especially to my veterans, me being a veteran that was 11 Bravo and a recon scout in combat, you are not alone. You got people that love you. You are loved. And people around the world, no matter what, one thing about depression and mental health, it is not racist. It do not discriminate. It don't see color. It don't do that. When it hits you, it hits you. And so as a human, you are not alone. You are in love and you are important to me and many other people, regardless of what the situation around you says. You are love. Yes, I love that. Can you share your thoughts on the current state of the music industry? My thoughts on the current state of the music industry is the fact that it ha- it's bittersweet. I know a lot of people like the music these days, these people putting out is crazy. I do agree, but what they got that everybody else don't got is the fact that they don't need no big labels no more to make their music. They know how to use the internet. They know how to make their money. They get rich on their own. They just need guidance. A lot of structure is needed. But nobody are enslaved to the music industry like it was in the 80s and 90s and 70s and stuff where you hear about artists selling 200 million records and only got 50 cents to their name. These kids, these these kids these days, you're not. They selling their own stuff. They using the internet and they collecting their own money and they getting rich on their own. I love the financial literacy part. I don't like the content and all the gang violence and all the shooting and yeah, all the womanizing and music and stuff of that nature. And I don't like you know a lot of how the women you know are portraying the sexy and. Selling this and doing that, I don't, I don't agree with that content. But I respect the financial literacy of not taking a handout and you doing it yourself and getting it out the mud. Mm, I love that. That's powerful. Can you tell us about your involvement with Put Away Cancer and why it holds personal significance for you? Put Away Cancer is uh, my 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 big sister. I call her my big sister, Marissa McKenzie McKenzie. That's her organization. So when I first got here and I did my first radio interview, she was on the radio as well during the Puddleway Cancer. And at the time, um, my best friend Raven Wyatt was diagnosed with cancer. So I only think she was 35 yet. And we was doing this event and we was doing it raising cancer, raising money for the cancer surviving patients. Raven passed away before we got to the event. And it was last minute to, um, to put in the application or whatever, and I called Marissa, I ain't gonna forget, I had tears in my eyes, I cried like a baby. And she said, I'm gonna take care of you, don't worry about it. And Marissa took care of me, and by helping Raven's family, giving her kids, the the, 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 the Put Away Cancer Organization gave a scholarship to the kids, and money for the kids and stuff of that nature, when her mom passed away. And, um, and ever since then, I told her, you don't have to worry about nothing when it comes to your media, recording your sound and anything of that nature because I'm going to have you for life. And so yeah. um, I've been with Marissa helping building, helping her build that organization for us with my talents and my gifts from 2016 all the way to now. And so that's why it's so dear to me because I know for a fact that the money that we earn goes directly to the cancer survivors or the, the um, cancer people's pay, uh, I don't want to say the right thing, the patient's 
family if they are deceased and stuff of that nature. And so it means the world to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of what she's doing. And that's why it means the world to me. And I make sure that I'm obligated to make sure that she's successful at all costs. Awesome. Awesome. What are your future goals and aspirations with the music industry? My future goals and aspirations, and by um, I'll be 40 on April 26th. So you met me when I was a young grasshopper. So that's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you watch... You watching me grow into my wisdom stage now, so. <laughs> so, and I, I told myself at 45 years old, I'm gonna turn my company into a university. I'm gonna turn it into a, a private, a private um, art school, and um, study the arts for the kids that want to learn how to be a producer, a songwriter, a, a film director, film producer. So I'm gonna cover all the arts, and in the next five years, next ten years, I will be. I won't. I would no longer be producer this or artist this. I will be, you know, Professor Bellamy at the University Street Legion University. Awesome. How do you now. define success in your music career? I I, uh, I define success. I think this year I really. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. I think uh, this year really solidified my success independently. Um, the Southern Entertainment Awards. I was nominated. My album, The Book of Uriah, was nominated Album of the Year. Um, I was nominated Producer of the Year, Executive of the Year, Internet Influencer of the Year, and everybody that I was nominated with are big name celebrities, and I'm and I'm the only independent quote-unquote, no name on this international, national ballot. And that alone is just like, that's been a success for my Spotify plaque, my iTunes plaque. Soon I'll be on the billboard. That's my next goal, to be on mm. the billboard. I'm going to do it this year coming up. And mark my words, and I'm going to call you and let you know, hey, I made the billboard chart yeah. independently. So <laughs> I define success by not giving up on yourself. And staying the course and struggle. Struggle means you're still fighting. Because mm. that's what struggle means. You, you're struggling because you're still fighting. You know, life is up and down. So you got to look at the ho the hospital monitor. And the heartbeat is up and down. It's up and down. And once everything's flat, it's over. So success for me is setting my own goals, reaching my goals, and the people around, everybody around me are multi-platinum or whatever you want to call it as well. Not just me. All my artists are. Every single one of them are. They're signed mm -hmm. to my label. Uh, each one of them, their own producers. They get their own money because I taught them and showed them. So me looking back at the success of the pillars around me shows that we are successful. So that's determined my success. Uh, I have bosses. I got bosses around me. I done made, we all start off, they start off as followers became leaders, not they bosses. Mm -hmm. They got their own businesses and everything. So that's my that's that's how I define success. Making people around you great. Awesome. That is so powerful. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank Look you. you I love it. Can you share a piece of advice that has profoundly impacted your journey? Yes. Ah, oh, man. It's funny but um it's not funny, but it was like, hey, Winning a war is half the battle. 
But when you love a snake, you ignore the rattle. Mm. When you when you love a snake, you ignore the rattle. So what that means is sometimes you love people so much that you ignore the snake rattle that they've been carrying all those years mm. until they finally until they finally bite you. And so you remember when that time you came in the studio and it was I had a whole crew of artists in there? A yeah. Lot people, a lot of those people, they're not here no more. Not a, I, you know, it was a part of my growth. After a couple of snake bites, you learn. But I love the snake so much that I ignored the rattle, and I paid for it in the end. So watch who you're around. Watch who's loving on you. Watch who you're loving on, because sometimes God will hold that blessing from you. Because if you like me, I share my blessing with everybody. God be like, no, boy, you knucklehead, that was just for you. And then it's like, it's too late. It's like, oh, my bad, God. So now... <laughs> I'm to that stage now. It's like what's for me is for me, and I'm no longer. I'm, I no longer feel guilty for God blessing me. I used yeah. to feel guilty for God only blessing me, and I felt like I had to break the bread with everybody. But I got to the stage right. now. It's like I no longer feel guilty for being blessed, and I just it's a blessing to be a blessing. Awesome! I love it. Love it. Love it. How do you handle criticism? and feedback within the music industry? Um, it all depends how it's coming. You know, I'm, I know I'm not everybody cup of tea. Even my favorite rapper, I wasn't. I'm a Tupac fan, Andre 2000 fan. You know, I didn't like all their songs and all their music. You know what I mean? So, I so, get it. So I, so I get that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And I hear the critique and stuff of that nature. I write it down, you know, and be like, okay. I'll apply that, or I'll be like, nah, you said that with malice. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's cool. I'll let you have that. I'm going to show you, though. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> and I just keep it moving. I have, yeah. we, got two, we got more days behind us in front of, and then in front of us, so I'm not really with the spit boxing with people. I get it. Can you recall a moment when you felt like giving up and what compelled you to persevere? Let me tell you a story. I remember when, when I first got to San Antonio, and I was so, so depressed. I was in my black truck, and I talked about this only one, on one time on somebody else's show, but, and I haven't said it again. I remember I was solo. Uh, I was going through a divorce. I just got out of the military. Things didn't go the way I planned. I was in my truck, and I was, had a gun to my head, and I was about to blow my brains out in this truck. And oh, my daughter... And my daughter's mom called me and said, hey, can you come and watch Melanie for me? I just need a break. And so I was like, right then, I was like, oh, sure. And so I remember putting that down. And when I got and held my daughter, my daughter was probably like two at the time. You know, mm -hmm. in and out of the hospital. And so that's when I wrote that album, Reason to Live. You know, mm -hmm. and, and from that point on, it just was like, huh, don't ever get in that again, to where you about to do a permanent thing for a temporary situation. Oh, yeah. I and I end up and I end up winning artists of the year that year too. I was like, What? If I would have died couple months ago and never saw <laughs> Yes. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. How do you remain so. authentic and true to yourself amidst the demands of the industry? Um uh, the the industry can't demand nothing. <laughs> That's one thing, because I understand I'm not going to compromise my moral compass to be accepted. 
and that's the mm-hmm. reason why I'm in, that's the reason why I'm independent. I'm an alpha male. I'm a black man in America, and I didn't make I I didn't I didn't debunk everything that they had to say about the the stereotypical black man. They don't like to work. I own my business. They don't take care of their kids. My daughters don't have to worry about nothing. That's all they talk about is this. I, I got a college degree. I teach. I give knowledge. I spread financial literacy without compromising and telling your son to join a gang or telling your daughter to bust it open. What can the music industry tell me? And I got the same accolades y'all got without a record deal. What can they demand from me? <laughs> what can they honestly demand from me? I mean, you were there. I had a $40 million studio before before I got my first government paycheck. So what can they demand from me? They, they can't tell me nothing. Can you share a valuable lesson you learned from a past mistake or failure? Huh. Uh, yes. When you're trying to be, when you're trying to you go back to the industry, when you're trying to meet their demand, you start diminishing. Because mm. you lose yourself. While trying to be their demand, you find yourself diminishing because you're losing yourself to what they want, not doing what you need to do for yourself. That was the biggest mistake I ever made, was trying to be a demand while I was diminishing, just to see they don't love you anyway. Mm, that's powerful. They love, you guys keep in mind, they love Jesus Christ, but look how they crossed them. Mm. So, wow. And they just that. Wow. How do you stay connected with your fans and cultivate a deeper level of engagement? I stay in the community every day. Mm-hmm. I'm in the community every day. You got to keep in mind, I only, I only do artist stuff three months for myself. For myself as an artist. I'll, I'll get myself three months out of the year. The other nine months, I'm in the communities. I'm at the community centers. I'm at the schools. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how we can stop the gun violence. How can we stop teenage pregnancy? So I'm in mm-hmm. the community doing this stuff every day. Let the people talk. I'm podcasting for other people building podcasts for other people. So when my music come out, about time is my time. From this whole nine months of me being in the community, they want to hear what I got to say after all that intel that I didn't gather or how I feel about things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they want to interview about my interviews. So I give it to them at the, when it's time. But I'm, I'm always in the community. I mean, always. From from Cutaway Castle to I Am The Change to... Um, Urban Mind Media. It's a new media company that we just launched for the youth. Mm-hmm. You know, TV networks, all these different things. I'm I'm in the community every day. So now, yeah, I'm retired from the military, but I know where I'm trying to be everything I didn't have growing up. Awesome. That's great. Can you impart a message of inspiration and empowerment to your listeners? Yes. It's an I in unity, but unity do not stand alone. Mm. The I in unity do not stand alone. Make relationships, genuine relationships. Be real to yourself. Love yourself. Value yourself. You know, it's 2024 is not a selfish year. Make it a self year. It's okay mm. to pour into yourself. Think about all the nine to five that you go to work you work, and you make these people millions of dollars. Think about all the ideas you didn't gave away. Invest that within yourself. Be a trailblazer, and it's okay to fail. 
Come yeah. on, that's how you learn your lesson. That's how your success comes. And have joy in the mix of the journey. Have I, joy in the mix of the journey. I love that. Can you share a song that holds a special place in your heart and explain why? Change Gonna Come by Sound Cook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll pack that for us now. I'll pack that for us. Yeah, so because he tell the truth, it's like we're going through so much, but you know at the end of the tunnel is light. And sadly, on your journey, your own brothers, your own sisters going to reject you, but you can't waver. You got to hold your head and take the punches along with this thing. Success is, success is not, it's free, but it's also priceless, just like time. And so in that song, you know, it just motivates you to hold on. The, my, if I can describe Legacy City in one word, it would be resiliency. Mm, resiliency. So in that song, it's like the soundtrack of my life. Wow, that's powerful. How do you approach the creative process when producing music for other artists? Oh, man, that's, that's that's the fine part, right? So, like, a lot of the time when I sit down and talk to an artist, I, I, you know, I ask questions about their life. What what's some things that nobody know about you that you would like to deliver? Or what mm-hmm. what's some things that you want to teach? What you think is captivating about you? And so in the middle of the process, I find frequencies. If you're a lover... We go to 528 frequencies, right? That's the frequency hurt. And we find someone on that frequency and mesh the story together and see can we get the energy going to deliver the, the presentation to the masses from your, from your heart and from your soul. And we just balance and make the music and the story become, become one. So it becomes a timeless piece, you know? You can play it at any time of the day, any, any year, 10 years from now. And it's just always fun creating those type of moments. Awesome, awesome. Can you recount a moment when you witnessed the profound impact of your music on someone's life? I remember I was in El Paso, Texas, and I did this event at church and stuff of that nature. And then we go back to a suicide situation, right? Mm-hmm. It was the event. I did this event. I was doing my I was doing my music or whatever, and. Um, Maybe a couple of years later, I was on Facebook, and this young lady reached out to me. She said, you may not remember me, but you did a show here in this place right here, boom, boom, boom. And it touched, my, it touched me, and, like, the music got me out of the slump. And I gave my life to the Lord, you know, and, like, their music pretty much saved me from myself that time. And I was like, what? You know what I'm saying? So it was like one of those, like, what? And yeah. I was like, oh, wow. So, you know, you just never know what people are going through, man. You just never know. Absolutely. How do you remain grounded and humble amidst the success you've achieved in the music industry? I got older people around me. Like, I'm the, I'm the youngest. Even though I own the, I own the company, everybody, mm-hmm. else is, everybody else is older than me, right, by a long shot. My manager is okay. like 50. My manager is like 50. My mom is an apostle. My dad's a pastor. And I got friends that I got friends that are older than me that like, hey, at 8 o'clock I'm going to sleep old. You know, they, they like that type of old, right? And so uh, they make sure they checking me every every day. Not when I say checking, like making sure that my mental is good, 
And when I'm upset, they make sure that I'm looking not out of emotions, but out of logic and different things. So I got people around me that keep me on point and on focus and want to see me successful in all aspects of my life. That's awesome. Can you offer advice to artists who are struggling to find their unique sound? Yes. You got you to gotta experience. You got to experiment with sounds. You just experiment. Don't be a... Don't put your creativity in a box because you will be surprised mm -hmm. if you let your freedom. The thing is, we got to stop hating on ourselves. So what I mean by hating on ourselves is like you, you want to try something, but you're like, nah, they ain't going to like it. They ain't going to like it if you do it and be successful. They ain't mm -hmm. going to like it if you fail. Just do it. Do not mm -hmm. put your creative, do not put your creative, your creativeness in a box. Ah. It's not dead. Don't put it in the box. Go for the moon. Go for it. Whether it's successful or not, just get it out your system. No I'm matter what it is, get it. How do you handle the pressure and expectations that come with being a successful artist? Um, and, and this, when you independent, it really ain't no pressure. Because it, it really ain't no pressure. You're in your own lane. There's no traffic. There's no demand. It's just you are free-flowing and you're, you're, well, for me, I'm free-flowing and I know where I'm going. I strategize and I know where I'm going. The only pressure I have is on myself to not be procrastinating, not to be um, complacent. And because not only my complacency can cause um, a slowdown for somebody else. So I always look at it as a point guard or a quarterback of the team. So I just make sure that my strategy is in, in play and I hold myself accountable and discipline. It ain't easy sometimes, but I do it. And let's change gears here. How do you utilize your music to address social issues and raise awareness? So I feel like I'm the Tupac of this generation, minus the craziness, right? So I'm mm -hmm. always addressing issues. You know, I'm always addressing, you know, police brutality. I'm always dress, addressing um, privileges and, you know, being black in America, being a woman in America, um, church, church versus this or colorism, rape. These all, I'm always, I've, they've been my music style since I can't even remember. So... I don't feel pressure when people ask me how you feel about this because I live it every day. I talk about it every day. I bring awareness to it every day. I don't shy away from none of it. I stand on business when it comes to that 100%. You know what I'm saying? So I don't bite my tongue. I don't, I'm not disrespectful, but I'm very passionate and very adamant about social issues because of the fact it has to change. And it starts with us at the end of the day, from financial literacy to being educated to learning, learning little stuff, how trademark work versus the LLC, how EIN play a role, how does the EIN play a role to getting business loans, how do doing business, at, so all these different things that we was robbed of in school, I talk about it, and I address it, and I'm like, it ain't fair, and I'm going to continue talking about it until the pastors get tired of me talking about it. The church is not doing enough for our community, guess what, I'm going to put them on notice. I'm going to do what you're not doing, how you uh, keep, and I'm just, when I say church, I'm talking about the people, not the building. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I stand on that because I live it. I do it every day, some shape, form, or fashion. And I don't put it on Facebook. I don't put cameras on the homeless and the less fortunate just to show I did a good job. I ain't all about that. So when it comes to social issues, that's when I get to barking when I'm, when I'm, when I'm, I'm the loudest. I hear that. How do you stay inspired and continue to evolve as an artist? Because times are changing. It's a lot of things that still need to be addressed. And a lot of the things that need to be addressed, people are scared of losing and sacrificing fans and sacrificing their fame and popularity. I'm not. Whether I don't make another dollar, I didn't put so much time in the U.S. Army, that I'm good if I don't sell another record. So that's how I stay motivated. I'm going to push it to the limit. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to make you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I'm motivated. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I love Can you express to your to your fans the support they have given you? Oh, my God. I love you all so much. It wouldn't be a legacy city or a street legend if it wasn't for my fans, my followers, the people that build me up. Even when I feel like I just stepped on my own toes, you, you guys, like, now nah, it needed to be said. You know, wow, I, can't, I appreciate you from Germany, from UK, from the UK, the Greece, Canada, America, just Finland, Spain, Mexico, Trinidad, Tobago, Jamaica, Haiti, Haitian. I can, I can just name from everywhere, man. Uh, Moscow, I love you all. Y'all have got me on TV multiple times. Got me nominated for the biggest award of my, my biggest award of my life, and y'all been on this independent journey with me, and y'all always tell me, don't never, don't never sell out to the machine. So I'm still here without the machine, and y'all are my machine. Y'all are the boss. So whatever y'all y'all demand and ask, I make sure I deliver. Cause I love you. Thank you, all my fans. I appreciate you. Awesome. We're about to wrap it up. And I want to say, Cedric, this has been an awesome interview. I've learned a lot from you. How can your fans reach you on your social media platforms? We're about to wrap it up. Yeah, so my social media, y'all know, for um, I got right now I'm at 108,000 people that follow me on Instagram. So for those who want to join the movement, it's CEO underscore legacy underscore city. That's what you find me on Instagram. Cedric Bellamy on Facebook. And those artists, the artists that want me to play their music on the radio station, Street Legend Nation Radio at gmail.com. Make sure it's the MP3 version, radio edit, and make sure your song is registered with SoundScan, SoundExchange, and, um, and um, BMI or ASCAP. So that way we can pay you for every time we spin your music on the radio station. So that's how you can get in touch with Legacy City and the Street Legend family. All right. And that concludes another captivating episode of Let's Talk Religious, Leave Room for Dessert podcast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we eagerly await our next encounter. Bye for now. Let's Talk Corlicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V. The Core Life Coach will give you the tools to build resilience and activate the leader within and identify what truly matters in your life. Some years down the line, you'll look back and smile at how you thought you might not get through it. 
That's when you'll be proud of yourself for prioritizing your well-being and personal growth. You are the rock star that your family and kids look up to for light. Let's help you grow and evolve with Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V, the core life coach, an unparalleled opportunity to truly live up to your fullest potential and find comfort in your own skin. 